If you have the sound of my voice, uh, welcome to the presence of God. Uh, this morning, uh, we're here to study the Word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, not out of my own mind, not out of my own strength, but by the grace of God, by the demonstration of the Spirit of God. So welcome to the presence of God. I want us to take a few a few minutes to pray. Um, the scripture says that in all things we should give thanks because it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. So Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise and the glory. We thank you for what you have done for us. The scripture says that in all things we should give thanks because it is your will for us in Christ Jesus. The great I am, the almighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of your kingdom, there is no end. Lord, it is not by our own strength that we're here, but by your grace, by your grace, by your mercy, by the love that you have given us in Christ Jesus. And the scripture says that I am convinced, speaking through the Apostle Paul, that that nothing you know, all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Father, it is because of this love that we have met this morning. We want to know you and the power of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to know you and come into knowledge of your word. This word that you have given us in Christ Jesus. The scripture says no one can come to you unless you enable them. We thank you that you have enabled our spirit. To come into the revelation of your heart. That we may know your ways. That we may walk in the light. For the Bible says that we are children of the light. And the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And we do know that the Lord Jesus is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. And we thank you for this redemption that you have given us in Christ Jesus. Because of your love. Because of your grace. So Lord take all the glory. Take all the honor in this place together with everyone in the sound of my voice. We bless you. We honor you for your presence in this place. We glorify you this morning. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you that Lord you have supplied all our needs according to the riches of your glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you for this salvation that you have given us that we may be called children of a living God. Oh Father we thank you. This morning we submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit. We submit to your Lord. That even as we come before you to feed on your Holy Word. That the Word of oh God will get into our spirit. The Word will get into our heart. That we will not just be hearers only. But doers of your Word. Demonstrating the power of your Word in our lives. That all will know that indeed you are the God. Who is able to give life to the dead. And cause into being things that were not we thank you this morning even as we open up our heart to hear your word let the substance and the evidence of the word be embedded in our heart be embedded in our spirit that any seed of darkness that will try to steal the word away any anything in the natural that will try to block your word we stand in the name of the lord jesus and we rebuke that. We subdue any weakness of the flesh that will stand in the way of the gospel. 
this morning in the name of Jesus. That let your word be, O Lord, spoken in our power and authority and prepare every heart and mind to hear your word, O God. And let the manifestation of the glory of the risen Christ be made known to anyone at the sound of my voice. Though all know that indeed Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. That it is not ourselves that we preach, but Christ Jesus who died more than that. Who was raised to life. And the Bible says, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. And the scripture also says that we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Master teacher, teach your people tonight, this morning. In the name of Jesus. The Lord, if anyone tune in, oh God, has a burden on your heart, has a burden in their lives. Oh, the Bible says that you said sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The scripture says the entrance of your word give it light. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Oh Lord, as your word goes forth, oh, let it solve problems. Let it deliver. Let it heal. Because the scripture says your word is life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. Let the anointing of the word saturate and deliver this morning in the name of Jesus. Oh, that the glory, the glory, the glory of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, will be revealed unto many this morning. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you for your presence in this place. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Glory, hallelujah. Be exalted in this place. Be glorified. Oh, we thank you that you've manifested yourself to us. That you have directed our path. That the anointing of the word. <laughs> oh, that you've spoken to your people this morning. That you have fulfilled that which you desire. Your word has fulfilled that which you desire and accomplished. The purpose for which you sent it this morning. Be glorified. Be exalted above all. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to the presence of God. Welcome once more. So I always give a brief background to where we were and, and where we're going. That's the way we started this series on faith in God and its demonstration. Faith in God and its demonstration. Looking at everything that was fulfilled for the believer in Christ Jesus. And so we started out with, with our righteousness. The scripture says in Christ Jesus we'll be made the righteousness of God. So we started talking about the righteousness that is looking at the practical application of all that was fulfilled in, in Christ Jesus and how to live in it. But we started out discussing faith because our subject is faith in God and his demonstration. Because it was through faith that we were made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. It is through faith that we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. So we discuss faith. Some of the principles of faith, what faith is, where faith comes from, how to build your faith, and how to demonstrate your faith. Glory to God, because the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, the verse 7 says, for we walk by faith, 
and not by sight. James 2 also gives us that faith without works is dead. That the person without faith should not even expect to receive anything from the Lord. And so we started discussing faith. And then after that, we moved to the practical applications of faith. And then we started with righteousness. We discussed this extensively as the Spirit allowed us. And then we moved on to talk about healing. And we're still on the subject of healing. Hallelujah. We're still on the subject of healing. And God willing after that, after healing, we're going to look at prosperity. Because these are the three things that we received or were delivered to receive in Christ Jesus. The Bible says Christ Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we're just looking at the things that we received when we were made the righteousness of God or when we were redeemed through Christ. And the Bible says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And what was the curse of the law? The curse of the law brought three things. Number one was spiritual death. So the Bible says, death reigned through Adam. So through one man, death came to all people. But through Christ Jesus, life has come. Eternal life has come to us. And so the curse of the law brought sickness. Um, first of all, spiritual death that led to sin reigning in our mortal bodies. But Jesus fulfilled that. And so we, we talked about our salvation, our righteousness. And number two was sicknesses and disease. One of the consequences of the, uh, of the curse of the law was sicknesses and disease. The Lord told his people in Exodus 15 that if you heed to my commands, I'll take sicknesses from among you, for I am the Lord who heals you. Glory to God. And that was the law. So if anyone was not able to fulfill the commands of God, sicknesses and they were subject to sicknesses and diseases and number three was poverty the bible says whoever has been uh, has been made a righteousness of god or whoever has the faith of abraham is blessed and so david says this in hebrews 2 rec uh, recalled by the apostle paul writing to the church in, in the hebrew church he said blessed are those um, romans instead romans 4 he said blessed are those whose transgressions have been forgiven Blessed are those whose sins the Lord will never count against them. Glory to God. The Bible says, whoever has the faith of Abraham is blessed. So if you are the son of my voice and you have given your life to Christ Jesus, you call Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you are blessed. And so we do see what Peter was writing to the church. In 2 Peter 1 verse 3, the scripture says, God's divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life. And godliness but it comes through our knowledge of him hallelujah but it comes through our knowledge of him then the next thing we looked at was how now referencing uh, Ephesians 1 the verse 1 the scripture says, the praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So this, this, these scriptures are evidence that anyone who believed in Christ Jesus is blessed. But the question is, if you're blessed, how do you then live in it? And so we discussed when we're, when we're talking about 
understanding our inheritance in Christ Jesus. We discuss the fact that anyone who believes in Christ Jesus has access. That person have, have, have access to the things of God. And so we reference 1 Corinthians 2, the verse 9. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, no human mind has conceived the things that God has in store for those who love him. Who are those who love God? Two things, Jesus said. That to believe, right, speaking through John to the church in 1 John, he says, this is the command that we have heard from him or received from him that we make known to you. That to, uh, and this command is this, two commands. To believe in the name of the Lord Jesus and to love one another. And so those who love God, Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commands. And so the command is this, to believe in him and to love one another. Glory to God. And so we, we set out to, uh, to understand, uh, studying the scriptures to understand that if you have believed in Christ Jesus, then the scripture says that there are things that God has in store for you. But the thing is, although God has, by his grace, has established these things for you, it can never become a reality in your life until you have come to the point of faith. So we understood that it is faith that helps us to translate those things that God has established for us in the spirit into manifestation in the natural. And the reason we said, is we, we mentioned that is the scripture says, that God is spirit. The things of God are established in the spirit. But we live in the natural. The things that we need, the righteousness that we have to live by, the healing that we need, and the blessings that we need, we need them in the natural. But the things that God has in store for his people, because God is a spirit, his things are of the spirit. And so the problem for a lot of Christians is that they have not come to the understanding that the things of, of God are of the Spirit and therefore they are established in the Spirit. So what Jesus fulfilled for everyone is in the Spirit. But in order for that which is established in the Spirit to be made a reality in your life, you have to come to the point of faith. So this is why we're studying the subject of faith. So actually, the, the subject of faith is the basic foundation of Christianity. It is all by faith. This is why the Bible says that even the righteousness that we receive was by faith. Ephesians 2 tells us that it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. That this is not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Hallelujah. And so faith is the foundation and it is this faith that allows us to translate those things that God has established for us into manifestation in our lives. But in order for us to be able to translate those things, we have to understand that because God is a spirit, his kingdom is a kingdom of the spirit, and the things that he has established for his people are established in the spirit. And so we went at length to, to describe uh, the fact that when you are, the moment to give your life to Christ Jesus, the scripture says that you have access to the things that God has established for you. How do we know this? We reference Romans 5, the verse 1. The scripture says, it says, Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So, the, so if you have believed in Christ Jesus, you have access 
to the things that have been established by the grace of God, but those things are established in the spirit. But the fact that you have access to something does not necessarily mean that that thing will fall on you automatically. You have to what? Go in and exercise, take authority to exercise or use the access you have. This is why we reference John 1 verse 12. The scripture says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, whose name, the name of the Lord Jesus, God gave them the right to become children of God. We do know, even from the natural standpoint, that if you have a right to something, it does not necessarily mean that that thing comes to you automatically. You have to exercise that right. And so we can give an example as this. If you have the right to vote, the vote, your vote will not necessarily be counted because you have the right. You have to exercise that right that you have to vote. And so that is the same thing with with, with the spiritual things. That God, the moment you believe in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that you have the right to become children of God. But the Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What does that mean? It means that God is a spirit. This is why when you receive the new birth, when you became a Christian, God gave you a deposit of his spirit. He enlightened, he, he gave birth to your spirit so that your spirit would now be enlightened to understand spiritual things. And the reason why God, the new birth brought about the renewing of our spirit or the new birth of our spirit, the salvation brought the new birth of our spirit was so that, number one, we'll be able to access the things of the spirit. Number two, we'll be able to understand the things of the spirit because God is spirit. And so when Jesus was teaching Nicodemus, a teacher of the law, Jesus said, the flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You must not be surprised. You must be born again. So the new birth is so important. This is why when we go out to preach the gospel, the first thing that we want people to come to, to know Jesus and to receive the new birth. Because without the new birth, they will not be able to access the things of God. Without the new birth, they will not be able to translate the things of God. Without the new birth, they will not be able able to understand the things of God. Why do I say this? And I want to reference you to a particular scripture. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Here, the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, another inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them that when he came to them, he did not come preaching a message of wisdom according to the wisdom of the world, but he was preaching the gospel of Christ, which is the wisdom of God. Glory to God. And he said this gospel came to them, not with human eloquence or words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of of the Spirit's power. Why? And I want to read this because I don't want to pa- paraphrase. Starting from the verse 1, he said, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom. When I, um, As I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. And what is the testimony about God? It's about Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus died for us according to the scriptures and was raised to life. That is... Christ Jesus and him crucified. And so he says in verse 2, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The new birth. He started anywhere he went to. The first thing he preached to people was not a message of prosperity. 
It was a message of salvation. Why? Because without a new birth, you cannot come into the prosperity of God. This is why many hear the hear messages or preachings about blessings of God, but they cannot apply it in their life because the first step is not a blessing. The first step is to be born of the Spirit of God, to receive the life of God. And it is through the life of Christ that you can access the things of the spirit that you can translate the things of the spirit that you can even even understand what god has in store for you the person and so he says i came to you the verse three in weakness with great fear and trembling my message and my preaching was not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith listen to this so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. This is why we said that you cannot receive this new birth except by faith. So he gave them the word of God because the word of God is the source of faith. Romans 10, 17 said, Therefore faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, but the thought here is that the new birth was so that we can what? Be, be born of the spirit of God. And when you're born of the Spirit of God, the essence of you being born of the Spirit of God is so that you can have access to the things of God. Number two, you can what? Understand the things of God. Number three, you can translate the things that God has, has in store for you into manifestation in the natural. Because God is spirit. Nobody has ever seen God. But the things we need, we need them in the natural. And so this is what the, the reason for the new birth, not the only reason, there are many reasons, but as it pertains to our faith, as it pertains to that which was given to us in Christ Jesus, this is a very important reason for the new birth. Number six, he says, First Corinthians 2, the verse 6, he said, we do have a speak a message of wisdom among the material, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, you see? So here, he's also making known to the church that there is a message of wisdom. That is a message beyond salvation. And that message of wisdom talks about everything that you can have as a believer. But the basic foundation is the salvation. Why? Because without that salvation, you can't even access the things of God. Without that salvation, you cannot even understand the things of God. Without that salvation, you cannot receive the blessings of God. You see? So that is the first and foremost important for any person. So he said, we do have a speaker message of wisdom. But among the material, those who have already come to the understanding and the basic foundation of their faith in Christ, then we can give them more. But he said, but it is not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. The verse 8. He said, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I'll move on. I, I don't want to digress, so I'll move on. The verse 9. This is why I want us to pay attention. The verse 9. He said, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. He said, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Glory to God. 
I continue, he said, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The verse 12, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Glory to God. So that, listen to this, so that we may understand what God has really given us. So this means that you cannot understand what God has given you unless you have received the Spirit of God. And how you receive the Spirit of God is through the new birth, through salvation. And so many things that, and so I have come to the point, and I am firmly convinced of this, that no one can truly come into the perfect will of God for their life unless they have been born again. The new birth is the beginning of discovering who you are according to God. Hallelujah. So he said, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us, which means that you can never understand what God has for your life unless you have received a new birth. Why? Because God is spirit. The things of God are established in the spirit. And if you are not of the spirit of God, if you are not born of the spirit of God, you cannot access those things. This is what the scripture, the verse 9 says, well, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And we've established that love for God is two things. To believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the new birth. Hallelujah. To believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to love one another. The, the believing in the name of the Lord Jesus, that's where it starts. That's where you receive, that's how you receive the new birth. Believing, because Romans 10 verse 8 to 10 tells us that it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's salvation. He's talking about the, the salvation. So it is that salvation that gives you access to the things that no eye has seen, to the things that no ear has heard, to the things that no human mind has conceived. The question is, why is it that no eye has seen it? Why is it that no ear has heard it? Why is it that no human mind has conceived it? Because these are spiritual things. And if anyone has not believed in Christ Jesus, the Bible says they are spiritually dead. And that spiritual death means that you do not have the spirit of Christ in you, which means that you are not born of God. Although you have been created by God, there is a difference between being created by God and being born of God. You're, you're being created by God, descending from Adam, because of the original sin of Adam, it means because of that, all who are born, who all who are born on the, on the surface of this planet are spiritually dead. But that spiritual death does not manifest until the person gets to the age of knowing right and wrong. And at that moment, the scripture says, death, now that spiritual death or, or through Adam, now begins to show up. It begins to manifest in, in, in your life. But the moment you believe in Christ Jesus, the scripture says, now you have moved from a life of death to eternal life in Christ Jesus. And what we're saying is that that eternal life in Christ Jesus was so that, number one, Romans 5, verse 1, 
you may have access to the things of the Spirit. Number two, that you may be able to understand the things that God has for your life. This is why the gospel is so important. Because people cannot come to the fullness of the life that God made them to live here on earth until they have been born of God. Until they have received the Spirit of God. And you cannot receive the Spirit of God unless you are born again. And when you are born again, the scripture says, that now you have access to the things that God has established for you. That now you can understand the things that God has really given you. Glory to God. That now you can translate the things that God has established for you, which is in the Spirit, into manifestation in the natural. So that is what? The new birth. Well, this is why we preach the gospel. So the gospel is not the peddling of money. It's not for, for money. The gospel is so that people will come into the life, the real life that God created them to be. This is why anyone, irrespective of their success, irrespective of the money they have in the natural, if they have not received the new birth, you see, they are alive. They will not be living a life that is in the perfect will of God for their lives. You can never live a life in the perfect will of God unless first you have received a new birth. You are saved. And then when you are saved, now you begin to discover because now you can understand the things of God. Now you can access the things of God. Now you can translate everything that God has for you into manifestation in your life. But what we're discussing now is that now that we have been born again, how then do we translate everything that Jesus did for us into reality in our lives? Because what I've come to understand is that many Christians, they are born again. They go to church. They do everything in a natural, right? But they do not understand how to translate everything. That God has established for them into manifestation in their lives. And because of that, many are living a frustrated life. Many are struggling. And the Bible says, Jesus said, He said, many will come from the east and the west. In Matthew 8, when Jesus had an encounter with the centurion, the centurion just heard about Jesus. Heard about what he can have through Christ. And he took authority. He understood how he would be able to translate what God has for him into manifestation in, in, in his life. And what he wanted in his life at that moment was not even for himself. He wanted it for his servant. But he was able to come to the understanding and the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God. Why? Because it is the word of God that helps us to translate everything that God has for us. Into manifestation in the natural. This is what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God as we're studying is the source of faith. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. And so when Jesus turned, let, 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 let's go there quickly. This is teaching. So I want you to understand this. We've discussed this. Uh, but I want you to understand if you have not heard this word, this will be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. And we'll come back to um, 1 Corinthians 2. But let's go to Matthew 8. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me. Even if it's the app, turn with me. As you read the word of God for yourself, uh, you come to understand what God has for you. Hallelujah. 
So Matthew 8, starting from the verse 5, the Bible says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. There are so many people that are asking for help from God, but they don't know how to receive from God. And this scripture gives us a light into how to receive from God. He said, a centurion came to him asking for help. He said, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed. So here we do know that the help that the centurion was seeking for was not for himself. It was for his servant. So this should tell us something about God. But once you come into the understanding of how to receive anything from God, even the people who are under your care, that is your children, your servant, whoever it is, you can actually seek for help on their behalf. But you first have to understand how to seek for that help and how to receive from the Lord. And this is what we're going to learn here. He said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. This is what I want us to pay attention to. Do what? Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And I want you to take note of that, of that phrase. The centurion did not say, just say the word and let's see and let's hope that my servant will be healed. Or, or let's hope that he gets healed. He said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. That's faith. Why did he say that? Let's go to the verse 9. He said, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. And I tell that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. The verse 10, listen to this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So Jesus said that what this centurion asked for, what this centurion said, represent a type of great faith. So now we broke it down. We, we've studied this in times past, but I want us to pick it up again because there is something important here that we can all learn. Three things, as I studied this word, three things that came to my spirit by the Lord. Three things that the centurion did here that Jesus, based on that Jesus said that this centurion has great faith. Number one, this centurion believed in Jesus, that Jesus will be able to do something for him. Number one, he believed that when he came to the Lord, the Lord will be able to help him. Because the Bible says, he came to him asking for help. So in order for you to be able to go to a person for help, then you know that that person will be able to help you. So that's number one. The centurion understood or he knew that Jesus will be able to help him. Number two, the centurion humbled himself before the Lord. So now I'm going beyond the three that we already discussed in times past. Now the Spirit is giving us some more light here. The centurion humbled himself before the Lord. Why? Because he was not really a follower of Christ. He had just heard that Jesus heals. And he believed that when he goes to this Jesus who heals, that this Jesus will be able to help him. But Jesus does not only give healing. This is where I'm coming to. 
So what we're discussing, our main subject is looking at our faith in God and his demonstration. What is our faith in God? That now that we are born again, now that we've been made the righteousness of God, there are things that God has for us. And we're picking each each one of these things and discussing it in, in detail, looking at the scriptures on how to translate those things into manifestation in our lives. And so we said that the reason why we're doing this is because the new birth gave us access to the things God has for us. And now we're looking at how the things that God has for us can be made into a reality in our lives. And we said it comes by faith. So what is this faith? Now we're looking at a man who was not even a follower of Christ and how he was able to come to the point of faith to receive from the Lord. And what, we're studying, what, what the Spirit of the Lord is opening our eyes to see is that the first thing he understood is that he knew that Jesus could help him. That's number one. And so whatever situation that you're facing in your life, do you know that Jesus can help you? That's the first question. Do you know that Jesus, whom you call our Savior, our Lord of hosts, is able to help you? That's where it starts. But knowing that Jesus can help you is not enough. I want to also make that point. But it starts from knowing that Jesus can help whatever situation that you're facing. So the scripture says, a centurion came to him asking for help. He knew that the Lord will be able to help him. Number two, let's pick up from the verse 8. Said the centurion replied, Jesus said, Shall I come and heal him? Jesus offered to go to the centurion's home. But listen to the response of the centurion, the verse 8. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. So now the centurion knew. That it is not by his own ability, it is not by his status that he can receive from the Lord. That's number two. Number two, what the Spirit is making known to us today is that it is not anything that you are doing, it is not your own ability that is why you can receive from the Lord. That's number two. So because there are Christians who think that because they are helping somebody, because they are doing right, because they have not sinned, it means that they, the Lord should automatically bless them. But the scripture tells us that this centurion said, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. He was a centurion and a centurion is a commander, a, 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 an army commander commanding with about 100 soldiers under him. And so he, he actually acknowledged to the Lord, the Lord offered to come to his home. And he said, Lord, I am not even worthy. The, the fact that I'm even a centurion, does, the fact that I'm a centurion does not mean that I am worthy enough for you to come to me to receive. Number two. So the second lesson we learned from this centurion is that he understood that in order for him to be able to receive from the Lord, it is not based on what he had done. It is not based on his status. It is not based on his good deeds. It is not based on his righteousness. That's number two. Number three. He said, the second part of the verse eight. Let me read the first part of the verse eight so that we can flow in that order. He said, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve you to come under my roof, but just say the word, but just say the word. Number two, number three, the centurion understood that in order for him to, be re to, to, to receive that which he came to Jesus for help for, 
He had to get the word of God. Hallelujah. He understood that he can receive by the word of God. This is why I tell I said that there is nothing if anybody wants to receive anything from God, it is not without the word of God. The Bible says in John 1 verse 3 that there was nothing that was made without the word of God. This is one of the reasons for frustration in the church. Because many come to church, but many do not pay attention to the word of God. And yet they want to receive from God. You cannot receive anything from God without the word of God. Because the word is the source of faith. And the Bible says without faith. It is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. So we did, we did read that Jesus said that I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. But when we talk about, when we read the account of what the, the centurion did, there is no mention of faith there. But the only thing we see that is mentioned is the word of God. The centurion said, but just say the word. Just say the word. Why? Because the word is the source of faith. Because the word is how you can translate the things that God has established for you out of the spirit into manifestation in the natural. Glory to God. The Bible says that by the grace of God, all things are established for the children of God. This is why we reference 1 Corinthians 2. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, no human mind has conceived the things that God has in store for those who love him. Until, you see, before the centurion came to this to Jesus, there was no way he could receive. But even after coming to Jesus and knowing that Jesus can help him, Still, he could not receive. Even after coming to the point of knowing that it is not by his own ability that he can receive, still he could not receive. How did this centurion receive? Starting from the verse 9, uh, the verse, the second part of the verse 8. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. Glory to God. So this principle does not only this man came to Jesus for healing, but this principle applies to everything in Christ Jesus. If you want to be ever able to receive anything from God, this is the principle. We're not done yet. Number one, rehashing this. Because sometimes when we hear this more and more, it can sink into our spirit. Number one, know that the source of help is the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, know that in order for you to be able to receive anything from God, it is not based on your own righteousness. It is not based on anything you're doing. It is not based on your status. It is not based on anything you have in the natural. That's number two. Number three, the second thing and the third thing you have to know is that it is received by the word of God. By the word of God. And the word of God here that I want us to, and I want to break this down so that we can get this. The centurion said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. This is how you finally receive it. The, the previous steps that we've mentioned are all important. But in order for that which is of Christ to be made a reality in your life, you have to come to the point of faith in the word of God. That is, you have to believe the word of God that when the word of God is released in your life, you will receive it. So, which means that you can know that God is able to do something for you, but if you do not believe that the releasing of the word of God, the speaking of the word of God will change your situation, you will not receive. Because the centurion said, 
But just say the word and my servant will be healed. What we can deduce from this phrase, two things that we can deduce from this phrase. Number one, the centurion believed in the authority of the word of Christ. How do we know? The verse 10, the, the verse 9. He said, for I myself am a man under authority. So the man believed in the authority of the word of God. And this is what I have found. My own observation. That many Christians do not believe in the power of the word of God. The word of God itself is anointed. The word of God itself is authority. Why? This is what the Bible tells us in John 1. That in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word, this word that we're studying represents Christ. It reveals Christ Jesus who is the living word of God. And so the scripture continues that. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. And who is him? Jesus Christ. He is the living word of God. And so if through Christ Jesus, all things in the natural are made, which means that in order for anything that of God to be made a reality in the natural, it has to come from the word of God. And not just the word, but you believing the word of God, glory to God, and believing in the authority of the word of God. Because the centurion said, but just say the word. What word? The word of healing. So this is why we, we, refer, we, we, we talked about in times past that there is a word for every situation. The word you may need might be a word of prosperity. The word you may need may be a word of healing. The word you may need for the unbeliever will be a word of salvation. There is the word of God for every situation in our lives. But until you come into the knowledge of that particular word of God and believe the word and believe in the authority of the word, you can never receive from God. This is why the church is struggling today. This is why there are many that are still struggling in the church. And we're going to see what Jesus is going to say here. Let's go on. The centurion said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. The verse 9. For I myself am a man under authority. So this man, this tells us why the man said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. The man believed in the authority of the word of Christ. That's a very important thing. And the word of Christ is the word of God. This whole scriptures, the Bible says, was penned by holy men of God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it is the word of Christ. This whole scripture reveals Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So when we preach, we're not preaching about ourselves. When we proclaim the good news, we're not proclaiming the good news of ourselves. We're proclaiming Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Because it is through him that all things were made. Glory to God. So in order for any situation in your life to be made new, in order for any situation in your life to change, now what you have to come to is one, believing in the authority of the word of God. And this is the evidence we have. That this man believed in the authority of of the word of God. So he said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. The verse now, for I myself, am a man under authority with soldiers under, under me. Listen to this. Tell this one, go. I tell this one, go. And he goes. And that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. Now the verse says that when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, 
Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. He said, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. You see, the words that came from the centurion caused Jesus to say that the, the person has great faith. This centurion had great faith. And so now we do see this is great faith. One, the centurion believed in the word of God. Number two, he believed in the authority of the word. And not only that, he understood how that authority is released. By the speaking of the word of God or by the releasing of the word of faith. That is how you receive. So you, you, you remember we, 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 in, our, in our previous teachings, we talked about the three forms of God's word. There is a spoken word of God. There is a specific word of God. And there is the fulfilled word of God. And we said, this came to me, to me by revelation of the spirit. That spoken word of God is the word of God you speak to translate those things that are established in the spirit into manifestation, into existence or manifestation in the natural. Then the specific word of God is the set of instructions and or actions that you act on to bring into full manifestation the spoken word of God. And number three, which is the fulfilled word, is when you have spoken the word of God, when you have acted on the word of God, then when the word is manifested fully in the natural, then we have what we call a fulfilled word of God. Why is this important? Because in Christ Jesus, everything that we're discussing now, which is that which is which has been given to us in Christ Jesus, exists as a fulfilled word of God. Why? Because the, word, the words were already spoken in the Old Testament. Then Jesus came and acted on the word, which is a specific word. Then now the word exists as a fulfilled word of God. And so Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53, now concerning our salvation and our healing. Listen, Isaiah 53, the verse 5 said, but he was pierced. Let me start from the verse 4. Let's go to Isaiah 53. I don't want to paraphrase. I want, us to, I want you to read it for yourself. The book of the prophet Isaiah. One of my favorite prophets. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. We're going to read from the verse 4. This is for everyone who believes in Christ Jesus. This is for you. This is the prophetic word that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. We're talking about the spoken word of God. So God was speaking to translate everything that he had established for anyone who believed in Christ Jesus through the prophet. But when the prophet spoke this word, when the prophetic word came out, Jesus had not appeared on the scene. So the word was spoken. Then when Jesus came, we're going to see from another scripture that that word became fulfilled. And so when the word of God has been acted on. So Jesus came to act on the word. And the word exists as a fulfilled word. In order for you to receive the word which is being fulfilled through Christ. Then you have to come to the point of faith. You believe it. And then you speak it. This is why we reference Romans 10. The verse 8 to 10. He said this is the message of faith. He's using salvation as an example. Which is a fulfilled word of God 
in Christ Jesus. Because the Bible says Jesus died for all according to the scriptures. So what Jesus did was for everybody. But in order for that which was fulfilled through Christ to become a reality in your life, it has to come to you by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And not just hearing the word, but believing the word and speaking the word. This is why anyone who came to receive salvation, the man of God said, repeat after me. Why? Because until you spoke, you see the centurion said, just say the word. Until you speak, the word which has been fulfilled through Christ will not become a reality in your life. Glory to God. So let's see what Isaiah says. The verse 4. He says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. So listen to this. We do know from basic English that Isaiah is talking about past tense. Isn't that true? Let, let me read everything that, so that we can uh, uh, assess this. It says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. The verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Talking about Jesus. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Glory to God. So this was that which was fulfilled through Christ. But at the time as I was speaking this word, Jesus had not even come on the scene. Jesus was not even born. So this was a prophetic word. But the question is, why did Isaiah speak as though it had already happened? Because these were fulfilled in the spirit. This is why the Bible says even Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the earth. Before God even created the earth, Jesus was already crucified. Where did that happen? In the spirit. So the things of God are already established in the spirit. But in order for that which is established in the spirit to be made into a reality in the natural, the word has to be spoken. So God speaks his word to translate his purpose out of the spirit into existence in our realm. But there are certain words that when God speaks, that word has to be acted on. And so when Isaiah spoke, although Isaiah spoke as though the thing had already happened, why? Because the revelation of the prophetic revelation that Isaiah saw was a revelation of the spirit. Isaiah was saying that which God has already established in the spirit. Isaiah was saying that which was already fulfilled in the spirit. But if that something is fulfilled in the spirit, in order for it to become a reality in the natural, the word of God has to release it. The word of God has to release it. So you can look at it as this way. The spiritual realm is different from the natural realm. But in order for the spiritual realm, something that is established or fulfilled in the spiritual realm to become a reality in the natural, the word of God has to translate it. This is what John 1 verse 3 says. There was nothing that was made without the word of God. What making is he talking about? He's talking about something to be made in the natural. Nothing can be made in the natural that is in the will of God, that is the plan of God without the word of God. So when Isaiah spoke, he translated that which God had already established through Christ into existence in our earth. But in order for that word to become a reality, Jesus had to come and act on the word. Jesus acting on the word is acting on our behalf. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 2 that God, uh, that seeing the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in our humanity so that by his death, he might break the 
out of him who holds the power of death, that is Satan, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So Jesus, whatever Jesus did, he did for those who would believe in him. Listen to this. Whatever Jesus did, he did for those who believe in him. And so the same Matthew 8 that we're studying will come back to our centurion's uh, 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 story. But let's move to the verse 14. Room, uh, the same Matthew 8, the verse 14. So when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw that Peter's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever. In verse 15, he touched her hand and the fever left her. <laughs> Glory to God. And she got up and began to wait on him. The verse 16, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word. You see, the word has already is also shown here. He drove out the spirit with what? A word. And healed all the sick. The verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Glory to God. That is the scripture we just read. So as I prophesied, and in the fullness of time, glory to God, in the time that God has already established, Jesus came in the, on the scene and acted on the word that was spoken to the prophet Isaiah. So now in the new covenant, healing, prosperity and everything exists as a fulfilled word of God through Christ. And so when Jesus appeared on the scene, that word was a prophetic word for the Israelites as well because they were the children, they were the people of God. And so the centurion lived in Israel. So in order to so Jesus appeared on the scene doing the works that had already been prophesied. And so the centurion came to Jesus and believed. He believed that when Jesus said the word, he will be healed. Why? Because he compared he believed in the authority of the word of God. So the point that I wanted you to get from this is the things of God are established in the spirit. But in order for the things that are established in the spirit to become a reality, Jesus is the mediator. So what, what we're looking at is what Jesus fulfilled for us. And we say salvation, healing, and prosperity. And now we've talked about salvation. Now we're on healing. And we're using this centurion as an example of a man who came into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God and was able to receive healing. But this application of faith does not only apply to healing. It applies to everything that we get through Christ. Whether it is salvation that you need, whether it is healing that you need, what I want you to take note of what the prophecy spoken through Isaiah the prophet, the 53 to verse 4. He says, surely he took up our pain. Are you going through pain? He bore our suffering. Are you going through suffering? And that pain here can mean any pain. It can be emotional pain. It can be physical pain born out of an affliction in a natural. Whatever pain it is, whatever suffering it is, the scripture says, this was fulfilled through Christ on the cross. But in order for that, which is being fulfilled through Christ, because what Jesus did was a spiritual fulfillment. We read that scripture says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. That is salvation. 
But why is it that Jesus died for everybody? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. The Bible says Jesus died for all, everyone on the surface of this planet. Jesus died for all. But why is it that not everyone is saved? Because what Jesus fulfilled is a fulfillment in the spirit. And in order for that which is a fulfillment in the spirit to become a reality in your life, you have to come to the point of faith. And where does this faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is the word of God that you believe, that you speak, that translates everything that is fulfilled through Christ into manifestation in your life. And so the centurion's example here is showing us that this man came into the spirit spiritual reality and the authority that if I believe in the word of Christ, then I know that my servant will be healed because what he needed help with from Jesus was healing. This morning, you may not need healing. You may not even need blessings, but you may need something else. But whatever your needs are, it has been fulfilled through Christ. But in order for that which has been fulfilled through Christ to become a reality in your life, you have to come to the point of faith. And that faith does not come by prayer. Faith does not come by murmuring. Faith does not come by shouting. Faith does not come by asking for help from a human being. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is what the Bible says. When the centurion said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, Jesus, you know how much it takes for Jesus to be amazed by a person's faith? Jesus heard this man and said, oh, I have not truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Why is it this centurion was not even following Jesus? But he was able to believe in the word of Christ that he was able to receive from his servant. But the people following him. So this statement, you see, when I read this, it struck me. Why? Because Jesus said, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Which means including the people who believed in him. Including the people who were even following him. And this is what we find in the church today. There are many in the house of God. There are many who go to church, yet they do not believe in the word of God. They may hear the word. They may even rejoice over the word. They may even shout about the word of God. But the word, they do not believe in the authority of the word of God. So they do not pay attention to the word of God. This is what the spirit of the Lord is making to us this morning. It's showing us this morning. That in order for you to receive anything that is of Christ... First, you have to come to the point of faith. And not just faith, but understand how that faith is released. So we talked about the first thing the centurion realized is that the source of help was Jesus. There are many Christians, Jesus is not the source of help, the first source of help. They will seek help from everyone else except the Lord. And so you know what happens? They may receive something from people, but it is not that which is in line with the will of God for their lives. And they will end up, they will end up being frustrated. And we're going to see why. Because Jesus said, listen to this. Jesus says, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you, listen to this. Many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, 
Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where does this mean? What does this mean? I want you to hang on to this word. We'll come back to it. This is in reference to the people who are saved, to the people who believe in Christ Jesus, who are in the house of God. Jesus said he has never found, he has not found anyone in Israel with such great faith, which means including the people who believed in him, including the people who are following him. But what is this great faith? That's what we're deducing. That great faith, according to the scripture, is number one, believing in the word of Christ and coming into believing in the word of Christ and believing in the authority of the word of God and understanding how that authority is released. That is great faith. Great faith is that you believe in the word of God and you believe that the word of God carries authority and you believe that when the word of God is spoken, no matter what situation you're going through, no matter what you're facing, that situation should change. That is great faith. Not thinking, not that let's see whether the situation will change. Not thinking that, okay, the word of God is able, not, not able. We're talking about will. This is why Jesus called this man a man with great faith. Why? Because this man was able to come to the understanding of the authority of the word of Christ. And he knew that when that authority is released through the spoken word of God or spoken word of Christ, that situation that he needed help with will change. So this morning, the question to you is, do you believe that the word of God is able to change the situation you're facing? If you can't believe that, then it will become a reality for you. Because the man said, but just say the word and my servant will. Not let's see, not I hope so, not maybe, will be healed. Hallelujah. And he said, this is how we know that this man came to the understanding of the spiritual authority, the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God. The verse 9. He said, for I myself, I'm a man for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. See what this man tried to reason from the word of Christ is this. He said, Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? Which means come there physically. And this is something that we also discuss about. There are different avenues of healing, different channels, but it all comes by faith. God has anointed certain people to heal. The healing anointing of God is real. That by the healing anointing is what the Bible says, lay hands on the sick. And when they lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Hallelujah. And so the healing anointing can be released. So what Jesus actually offered this man was to come to his home and physically touch the man, just like we read he did to Peter's mother-in-law. And that servant, the healing anointing of the Lord Jesus would, 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 would have transferred from his hand into the body. Glory to God. And sometimes God heals that way. Healing can be manifested, but it all, the spoken word. 
It is all the word has to be released as well. But physically touching the person to pray for them releases the healing anointing. And this is another thing that we're going to talk about after we finish talking about the causes of unbelief. We're going to look at uh, the healing anointing of the Lord. How the healing anointing manifests itself. How to receive healing. Glory to God through the healing anointing. We're going to look at all of that. But Jesus offered to come physically and touch his servant for his servant to receive healing. And the man said, no, 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 no. I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. He said he was not worthy. He said, my status does not naturally, I am not qualified to even host you. So this should tell us something. That sometimes people allow their natural state or where they have been to deceive them. That they cannot receive anything of God because they are not living right. They cannot receive anything of God because they, are, they do not have that ability. Receiving from God is not based on your ability. It is not based on your status. It is not based on what you have. It is not based on what you do not have. It is only based on the believing and then coming into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God. And knowing that when the word of God is released in your life, you will receive. That's faith. Faith is what helps you to receive from the Lord. This is what the Bible says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that faith comes from where? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that is what Jesus said. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So what Jesus was referring to was that this centurion believed in the word of God. He believed in the authority of the word of Christ. And believing in the authority of the word of Christ, not only that, he also understood that in order for that authority to become a reality in his servant's life, that word has to be spoken. This is why Romans 10 verse 8 says, this is the message of faith. That the word of God is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. He said, that is the message of faith that we proclaim. So this is the message of faith. That the word of God that you have heard is in your mouth. Number two, it is in your heart, not in your mind. Because in order, the Bible says, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Until you speak, nothing happens. So you can decide to speak evil. You can decide to speak unbelief. Or you can decide to speak the word of God. The centurion believes that when the word of God is spoken, that his servant's situation will be healed. But this morning, the question I put to you. Do you believe that the spoken word of God, that the word of God you're hearing can change that situation that you're facing? Do you believe in the authority of the word of Christ? If you do, Jesus said, then you have a great faith just as the centurion. And you believe in having great faith is this. You know, not you think, not you hope so. You know that when you speak the word of God, that situation should change. There is no doubt. There is no maybe. There is no I hope so. There is no let's see. You believe, you know, you are fully convinced in your heart that when the word of God is released, that situation will change. That is what the Bible calls great faith. And so what can we learn 
from this example of the centurion. Initially, I had three. <laughs> but this God being so good, the word of God is progressive revelation. Hallelujah. But here, we do see about five. Let's see. Let, let, let's, 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 let's deduce from the scripture to see whether it's five or even more. The great faith here, number one, or how to receive from the Lord. Number one, you have to know that the source of help is the Lord Jesus. So whatever situation that you're facing, know that the only person who can help you is God. That's number one. The source of help for any situation that you're, you're, you're facing in your life as a Christian, as a believer, is, is, is the Lord. The Lord Jesus. Number two. You have to know that your ability to receive or God blessing you or God doing what you, what you need help with is not based on you. It is not based on your ability. It is not based on your status. It is not based on your righteousness. It is not based on good deeds. That's number two. How do we know? The verse eight said, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Hallelujah. So that's number two. Number three, you have to believe the word of God. The centurion said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. In order for somebody to say, say something and something will happen, it means they believe in the word. Hallelujah. So number three, you have to believe in the word of God. That if you're asking for help from God, God is not going to throw the, word, the thing to you like manner. He's going to give you his word. The word of God is what translates everything that God has established for his people into manifestation in the natural. This is what John 1 verse 3 says. There was nothing that was made without the word of God. This is what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So number three, you have to believe in the word of God. Number four, you have to believe or come into the spiritual reality of the authority of the word of God. But you cannot come into the reality of the authority of the word of God unless you have believed it. So number three and four go together. You have to believe in the word of God and you have to believe in the authority of the word of God. Because if something does not have authority, then it, you do not, you can't really put your whole weight on it. If what you're facing, if you do not believe the word of God can change that situation, then you cannot fully put your weight and your faith behind the word. But how do we know this? Number four, the fourth point, which is coming into the authority, believing in the authority of the word of God. The centurion said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. The verse 9 he said, For I myself am a man under authority. With soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes. And then that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. So now he believed in what? The authority of the word of God. This is why he asked Jesus to speak. This is why when Jesus said, shall I come? He said, don't bother to come because I believe in the authority of the word. I know your presence alone will come and heal my situation. But just your word is enough. This morning, what the spirit of God is making known to his people is that there are many in the house of God that want physical presence of Jesus, that want the glory of the Lord, that want the presence of God to come and change their situation, that want a supernatural manifestation. But what the real word of God 
is coming to you this morning is that all you need, you see that physical presence, that, that, that glory be revealed, that manifestation of the glory is fine. But the Bible says, he said, once you believe in the authority of the word of God, that is enough. So this morning, do you believe in the authority of the word of God to change your situation? Number five, the centurion said, but just say the word, the spoken word of God. So number five, you have to know how that authority is released by you speaking the word of God. Hallelujah. So this word in scripture has been given to us. That is the word of God for us. So in order for your situation to change, one, you have to know the particular word that you need for your situation. What does the word of God say concerning what you're facing? Then once you're able to come into believing that word of God in your heart, now do you believe in the authority of that word of Christ? Number four, have you released that word? Have you spoken in line with the word of God? For example, if the word of God says, by his stripes, you are healed. And you keep on saying, God is going to heal me sometime. Or if it is the will of God, I will be healed. You're not believing just as the word of God has said. And we reference this in times past. In Romans 4, that when the word of God came to Abraham, Abraham believed the word of God just as. Hallelujah. So you have to believe the word of God just as in order to transition from hope to faith. This is why Jesus called this man great faith. The faith came from the fact that this man believed in the word of God. Not only that, he also believed in the authority of the word of God. Glory to God. He believed that that authority of the word of God can be used in different situations. He says, I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Glory to God. The Bible says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Hallelujah. This is great faith. Five things, I repeat. One, the great faith in itself is you believing in the word of God. Believing and coming into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God. Number three Knowing how that authority is released. That is the speaking of the word of God. And number four, being fully convinced. That is the faith. It is the same faith that I'm talking about. That faith is this. You are fully convinced that when the word of God is released, that situation will change. That is great faith. But we do see five things that cause this centurion to receive from the Lord. Number one, he knew that the source of help was not a human being. He's a centurion. He's a soldier. He had authority. He could have gone to somewhere else to get, to get help. But he knew that the source of help is the Lord Jesus. So this morning, the situation that you're facing, do you know that Jesus can transform that situation? That's where it starts. Number one, he knew the source of help was the Lord. Number two, he also understood that it is not based on his status, 
It is not based on what he has. It is not based on his righteousness. It is not based on what he can do or cannot do that will allow him to receive. Number three, he came, he believed in the word of God and came to the understanding of the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God. That's number three and four. And number five, he understood how that authority is released. That is the speaking of the word of God. This is why we reference Romans 10, rehashing that again, 8 to 10. said, this is the message of faith. Why did Jesus say this centurion had great faith? Because he believed in the word of God. Because the word of God is the source of faith. And the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. So the centurion came to understand that in order for his servant to receive healing from Christ, he had to believe in the word of Christ. But Jesus, what we do also know that Jesus had offered to go to this man's house. And the centurion said, it's not necessary. Because he believed in the word of God. And what we can deduce here is that this is what the spirit of the Lord is, is impressing on my spirit right now. That there are many, you see, there are different avenues. Since our subject is healing, I want to tie it to healing. But this can, hap- uh, this, this can be applied broadly with regards to anything that has been fulfilled through Christ. We're just using healing as an example. What I get from the, the, the verse 7, what the Spirit is impressing in my spirit right now. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve you to come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. You see, many in the church right now, there is something called the manifestation of the Spirit. And the Bible says the manifestation of the Spirit, you see, sometimes people may receive something from God without them doing anything. Without them even having faith at all. The Holy Spirit manifests himself that way. A typical example is when we go out to preach the gospel. Many receive healing. They may not even know Christ. I've prayed with people who did not even know the Lord. They did not believe in Christ Jesus. They who who had been admitted in hospital for two weeks with pain throughout their whole body. The, uh, before I, 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 I told them the message about Christ for them to come to receive salvation, I prayed for them first. Instantly, they were healed. They were healed instantly. That is the manifestation of the gifts of healing. That is a manifestation of the mercy of God that brought healing to that person. And that when that healing happened to that person, that person now knew that the word of God carries authority. And so by that, I was able to minister the word of salvation to the person and the person received salvation as well. But the person could not have received salvation by me talking about healing. So there is a word for every situation. That's, that's, that's the point I wanted to pick up from here. There is a word for every situation. That person needed healing. So I ministered healing to her and she was healed by the power of God, by the power of the word of God. Then after that, I ministered the word of salvation and she received it and was saved. Glory to God. But what I want us to pick here is the manifestation of the spirit of God can happen. This is what, this is the manifestation of the gift of healing. Jesus, the Bible says in, in, in the book of Luke, the Bible says when Jesus went into the temple, the, the, they gave him the scroll of the prophet 
Isaiah. And the Bible says, he opened to Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has anointed me to heal the sick. Glory to God. So there is the healing anointing. Glory to God. So Jesus offered the centurion that shall I come to your, your servant, shall I come to your home and by the healing anointing of me, glory to God. The Bible also said God brought special miracles through the hands of Paul. Glory to God. By the healing anointing on me, I can touch your servant and rebuild that sickness and your servant will be healed. So there is the manifestation of the gift of healing. That is what a lot of people in the church are waiting on. But that one is as the spirit wills. The manifestation of the spirit does not come by a man of God. The man of God cannot trigger it. You see, the man of God can be ready for God to use them. The manifestation of the gifts of healing is as the spirit wills. For instance, a man of God might be ministering in a church and the healing power of God will fall on somebody and the person will receive healing. They did not necessarily receive prayer. They did not necessarily have faith, but that is the manifestation of the word of God. That is the manifestation of the spirit Spirit of God. That is what I'm getting from the revelation that I'm getting from this is some people in the church are waiting on that. But the centurion Jesus offered the manifestation of the gifting of his healing. Glory to God. But the centurion said, I do not have to wait. You know, I do not even deserve to receive that manifestation of the gift of healing. But I believe in your word. Glory to God. So healing can come by manifestation of the spirit. But it can also come by the word of God. The word of God has been given to us. So if there is no manifestation of the gift of healing, you can actually receive healing also by the word of God. Because the word of God is the healer. Jesus is the living word of God. Glory to God. So even as you hear the word of God, there is the anointing of a word because the word of God itself is anointed. The word of God itself carries authority. And this is what the centurion believed. He believed in the authority of the word of God. This is what you find most commonly in the churches. Many are waiting for a prophetic word. Many are waiting for the manifestation of the gifts of healing to fall on them like manna. But this centurion said, no, I'm not even worthy for the manifestation. I'm not even worthy for the gift of a healing anointed to to manifest to my servant for you to even come and do that for me. But I do believe in your word. Glory to God. Why? Because the word is also the healer. The spoken word of God. So this morning, what the spirit of the Lord is ministering to us is, Whatever situation that you're facing, do you know that the Lord is the source of help? The centurion, the Bible says, when, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, the verse 5, Matthew 8, the verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, the centurion came to him asking for help. He came asking for help. This morning, are you asking for help from the Lord for the situation that you're facing? Number one. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. He also made known to the Lord what he needed help with. This morning, have you, do you know that Jesus is the source of help for your situation? Number two, have you made known to the Lord what you need help with? Because sometimes you might think that God, Jesus said, in that day, this is the day that we live in now. Where the spirit of the Lord has been given. Where the spirit of the Lord is poured out on all flesh. In that day when Jesus is glorified. He's been glorified. Glory to God. The resurrection of Christ brought his glory. Hallelujah. So the glory of Christ has been revealed to his people. He said in that day. 
you will ask, he said, up until now, you've not asked me for anything in my name. But in that day, you shall ask in my name and the Father will give you glory to God. This is what the Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. You see, many need help, but they have not asked the Lord. They have not proclaimed what they need to the Lord. The centurion came to you and said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Have you made known your, what you need help with to the Lord? Do you know that Jesus is the source of your help? The centurion knew that. He knew that the Lord Jesus is the source of his help. Number two, he made known to the Lord what he needed help with. Have you made known to the Lord what you need help with? And not only that, the centurion, the verse 8, he said, the centurion replied, Jesus said, shall I come home and heal him? So are you waiting for some miracle to happen? Are you waiting for God to manifest in a supernatural way, a spectacular way for your situation to change? No. What we have learned is that the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. This morning, if you're hearing the word of God, then your source of deliverance is through the word. Your source of healing is through the word. Your source of blessing is through the word of God. Glory to God. The centurion said, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. So that's number three. So in essence, let's give it six, six points we learn from here. The first one, do you know that Jesus is your source of help and have you asked for help? Number two, have you made known to the Lord what you need help with? Because Jesus said, he said, I will not ask for you. In that day, you have to ask it for yourself because the father loves you because you believe in me. See, this is the words of Jesus in John 14, John 15 and John 16. He said, in that day. You will ask me nothing. Anything you ask in my name, the Father will grant you. So have you asked for help from the Lord? Number two, have you made known to the Lord what you need help with? Number three, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That your ability to receive from the Lord or the Lord giving you what you need is not based on your status. It is not based on your own righteousness. It is not based on what you have. It is not based on what you do not have. It is not based on how you are living. It is, not, it is based only by faith in the word of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The centurion. Because this centurion was not even a follower of Christ. He, Jesus, did not ask him, are you living right? Are you sinning in order to receive? No. So it is your ability to receive from the Lord. If you're looking for a miracle, if you're looking for a breakthrough, it is not, it's not based on what you have or what you do not have. It is not based on your own ability. Number four, we see the centurion said, but just say the word that you have to believe in the word of God because without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. Your ability to receive from the Lord is based on your faith in the word of God. And number five, he believed in the authority. He believed in the word of God and believed in the authority of the word of God. I put that together. Then number five, so I've, what we previously said is four, uh, three and four. Now I'm summing it up as number, number four. 
Number four is, he believed in the word of God, not only believing in the word, but believed in the authority of the word to change his situation. So he said, and number five, he understood that that authority of the word of God is released by speaking. The authority of the word of God is released in your life by speaking. This is why we went on to describe the spoken word of God. That the word, the spoken word of God, that is for a word that has been fulfilled through Christ. And healing, we have understood, was fulfilled through Christ. That word is released in your life by believing the word in your heart. Coming into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word to change that situation. And number two, releasing. The word, speaking the word, because the spoken word of God translates those things that are establishing a spirit for the believer into manifestation in your life. Until you speak, nothing happens. This is what the Bible wants us, that the power of life and death lies in the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what are you speaking concerning your situation? Are you speaking the word of God or you're speaking death? Speaking death is, oh, this is hopeless. Oh, many have gone through the same situation and their lives are miserable and I'm going through the same situation so there is no hope at all. Or will you believe in the authority of the word of God and speak the word of God to transform that situation? The centurion said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Hallelujah. My servant will be healed. So these are the five things that we have picked up. From the demonstration of the faith to receive from the Lord through the centurion's example. So the Holy Spirit found it necessary to record this for the benefit of the church. Why? Because Jesus said, when Jesus heard this, the, the verse 10, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you many that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Let me throw more light on this. What this means is that there, the kingdom of God is the kingdom of the Spirit. We've established that. But when they came to Jesus and asked, when should we expect, Rabbi, when should we expect to see the kingdom of God? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not something that you can see. That someone will tell you, here it is or there it is. He said, even now, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Why? As Jesus taught the Samaritan woman, God is spirit. Therefore, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of the spirit. So what Jesus is saying, that many will come from the east. He, this, he was saying this in reference to the centurion's faith, which he called great faith. That it is through great faith or faith that many can come and take their place in the kingdom of heaven. What does that also mean? It means that God has a place in his kingdom for everybody. Anybody. But in order for you to be able to come to take your place in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is the kingdom of the spirit. And the things 
of the kingdom of the spirit of God can only be accessed by faith. This is why we said that faith is what translates that which is establishing a spirit into manifestation in the natural. What is establishing a spirit? What we read in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, The eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, no human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. These are things that God has established for those who love him. These are the things, who are those who love God? Those who love God are those who believe in Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. And my command is this, to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus, his son, and to love one another. Glory to God. So, if you believe in Christ Jesus, that in order for that which God has established for you to be made manifest in your life, it is by faith. Because Jesus said that truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. That I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So how you can take your place in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ is by faith. And what is this faith? We have understood that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and not just hearing the word but believing in the authority of the word of God and speaking that word of God glory to God because you can have a heart full of faith but this is the message of faith the word is near you it is in your mouth and in your heart glory to God so even though you may not be convinced that that situation may change but what the word of God is saying that continue to speak the word of God you speak it enough you begin to believe it because the spoken word translate those things that are establishing the spirit into manifestation in the natural. This is why when he was talking about the message of faith, he said that the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Glory to God. You have to speak it. The centurion said, Rabbi, just say the word. Just say the word. He knew something about the spoken word. He knew that in order for the authority of the word to be released in his servant's life, that word has to be spoken spoken this morning. Do you believe in the spoken word of God? What the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you this morning is speak His word concerning your situation. Release the word of God over that situation right now in the name of Jesus. And that situation will change, not maybe. You see, when you know that when you are coming to the authority of the word of God, when you speak, you know the situation will change. There is a place for everybody whether you, you, you have not even given your life to Christ Jesus yet. There is a place for God that God has created for everyone. But Jesus said, many will come from the east and the west and will take their place. Because this centurion was not a follower of Christ. But he came to take his place by faith. This is why he said, I am not even worthy. Because he was not a follower. I am not even worthy for you to come under my roof. But this test also tells us that it is not based on our worthiness. It is not based on our ability. It is not based on our status. It is just based on faith in the word of God. And how the authority of the word and that understanding that when the word is released, your situation will change. And so he said, did I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. The verse 12. But the subjects of the kingdom. Who are the subjects of the kingdom? You see, this text gives us a different light. It gives us more light here. That there is a place for everybody in the kingdom of God. But how you can take your place in the kingdom of God is by faith. That's what Jesus is saying here. But that faith comes by hearing the word 
believing the word, coming into the authority of the word of God to change your situation, and now speaking the word. But the verse 12 also tells us that there are, there are some who are subjects of the kingdom, who are subjects of the kingdom. The subjects of a, of a king are people who sit under the king, who are minister for the king. You see, these are disciples of Christ that he's talking about. For anyone who has believed in Christ Jesus, you are a disciple of Christ. Whether you know it or not, you are a disciple of Christ. If you have taken Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are a subject of the kingdom of God. But what Jesus, the warning the Lord has given us, but there are people who are subjects of the kingdom who will be thrown outside into darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because they do not believe in the authority of the word of God to change their situation. This is why we still have many in the church struggling. Why is it that they have believed in Christ Jesus, but they are still struggling? Because they have not come, they do not believe in the authority of the word of God to transform their lives. Or even if they have believed in the authority of the word of God, what they speak is different from what they believe. They are not speaking the word of God because without a word, without the spoken word, you do not translate that which is establishing a spirit into manifestation in the natural. And we've discussed in times but broken this down, that there are some that are full of faith that believe in the word of healing yet they do not believe right yet they do not say right what they say contradicts what the word of god says the centurion says just say the word and my servant not maybe not i hope so not in the future will be healed and let's see and so if you are a child of god if you are believing in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that you have the right. The reason why the scripture puts it right is because the, your ability to receive is more dependent on you than on God. The Bible says God is ever ready. He said us, even, even evil men who live in the natural. If your children ask for bread, you will not give them stone. How much more God, the good God, how much more will he not give us anything that we ask? But James says, we ask, but we ask amiss. Why? Because we do not ask in faith. What is asking in faith? Jesus said, if you believe in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. The preamble to receiving is that the word of God in, is in you. How can the word of God be in you? When you have believed the word in your heart. You see, that when you believe the word of God, then you can come into the authority of the word. The spiritual authority of the word. Hallelujah. And not only that, you have to release it. So you can't say that you believe that Jesus is the healer, that by his stripes you are healed. And then you continue to say, I hope God heals me. I hope the sickness leaves. I hope that I get better. That is not faith. That is hope. The promise does not come by hope. The Bible says the promise comes by faith. So that it may be by grace. So that it may be guaranteed. The only way that the blessings of God, the only way that the healing power of God, the only way that frustration in your life, the only way that pain, the only way that suffering can go away, can be redeemed, can be, can be, be dealt with, is by believing the word of God. By faith. Without faith, it is impossible. 
But these days we don't hear the word about faith. We don't hear much about faith. All we hear is men of God telling people, God is going to do this for you. God is going to do that for you. Did Jesus go to this centurion or did this centurion go to Jesus? See, we do here. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, the centurion came to him, asked him for help. You have to come to the Lord. So this morning, I believe this is an invitation. This is not what I plan to discuss with you. But God knows what we need before we ask. So the Lord was pleased for me to go back to this word. Because there's someone on this platform who needs to hear this. This morning, are you coming to the Lord? The Lord is inviting you. Come, I want to help you. Come, I want to help you. Come, I want to help you. No matter what you're facing in this life, no matter what you're going through this morning, the word of Lord is coming to you. He said, I want to help you. I want to help you. Come, 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 come. Come, I want to help you. Before I bring this message to a close. I want you to think about whatever situation that you're facing now. That you, if, if left to you alone, that situation would have been resolved. Or that situation would be taken away. If it is sickness, if it is pain, if it is a worry, if it is something that you're expecting God, you, you, you are expecting a change. Because sometimes we say expecting God to come through. But there are people who be going through certain things. They don't expect God. That will go through all people except God. But this morning, if you are the sound of my voice, the spirit of the Lord, the, the Bible says in, in Hebrews, he said, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. He said, if God gave us the example of the Israelite, he said, in the wilderness, their hearts were always going astray and they did not know the ways of God. So God swore on oath in his anger that they shall never enter his rest. What is the rest of God? It is you resting from every work that you have been trying to do by your own strength. We've understood that in order to receive from the Lord, it is not your own ability. It is not your own righteousness. So the Bible says God swore that they shall never enter his rest. So they roamed about in the wilderness for 40 years. Not because it was the will of God. No it wasn't the will of God but because their heart were always going astray and they had not known the ways of God. How can you know the ways of God? By believing the word and through the word of God. That's how you come to know the word of God. They rejected the words of Moses. And so the Bible says God swore on oath in his anger that they shall never enter his rest. And the Bible says why were they not able to enter the rest of God? The Bible says because of their disobedience because of their unbelief. Unbelief is not believing the word of God. That is the only thing that will block you from your ability to receive from the Lord. Do you believe? Do you believe that the situation that you're facing, God can transform it? Are you asking for help from man? Or are you asking for help from the Lord? As I bring this message to a close, I want to play this song because God is good. As I wrap this up, I want you to think about what you're facing now. God is merciful. He's a good father. Then I want you to listen to this. 
as we wrap this message up God is good and when they came to Jesus and they said good teacher he said no one is good except God alone he is a good father he said ask and it shall be given unto you seek and you will find knock and the door shall be opened but James says you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss how do we ask amiss we ask amiss because we don't ask believe it but this morning if you can believe in the word of God and its authority to transform your life it's authority to heal you. It's authority to take away the pain. It's authority to take away the suffering. Then the Spirit of the Lord is ready to cause the manifestation of the glory to release the word in your life. The Bible says, Jesus heard this. He was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. This morning, the Lord will not want you to gnash and weep. He wants you to come and receive. Come and receive. That is the message of the Spirit this morning. Come and receive, come and receive, come and receive in the name of Jesus. If you can open up your heart this morning, the Bible says that Jesus said to the centurion, because the centurion said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. He said, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. The Bible says, when Jesus heard this, oh, he was amazed. He said, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. What was the result of this? The verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. So this morning, the message for you is, go, just, and let it be done to you just as you believed it would. And the Bible says, and his servant was healed at that moment not in the future but his servant was healed at that moment because he came into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of god by believing it and he understood that that authority is released by the speaking of the word of god not the speaking of our mind, not the speaking of the deadness of that situation, not saying that the situation is hopeless, no, but believing the word of God. What the word of God says concerning that situation. And Jesus said, Go, let it be done to you just as you believed it would. So this morning, do you believe that they are the release of the word of God that I'm going to do now will transform your situation? Do you believe, as I prepare to pray for you, that the word of God that I'm going, I'm going to release in your life, that the anointing of the Lord Jesus will manifest and that which you believe will become a reality. If it is healing that you need, do you believe that with the release of the word of God will cause you to receive? Glory to God. 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 
Hallelujah. I want to say two kinds of prayers. First, I want to pray for anyone who is going through sickness. If you are the sound of my voice, what we're studying is healing, faith in God and His demonstration. And from our centurion example, we do know what the centurion needed was healing for his servant. This morning, whether you need healing for a partner, whether you need healing for a family, whether you need healing for yourself, I want to minister healing to you right now. When, when, when Peter got to the temple gate called Beautiful, and he saw, he saw the layman laying down, the Bible said the man asked for help, he asked for money. What I've come to understand. But in order for you to receive, you have to ask for help. We understood even from the centurion that he came to Jesus asking for help. If you need that help this morning, help with healing. Peter said to the, to the layman, he said, look on us. And the Bible says, the man gave them his attention. Expecting glory to God. So I want you to be in an expectant mode right now. Expecting in your heart. Your, your heart set on the word of God this morning. I want you to be in an expectant mood right now. Because the healing anointing of the Lord Jesus is in this place to heal everyone who needs healing. You see, when the word is released in your life, you will see, you will see that the healing power has gone into your body. The healing anointing of the Lord Jesus will saturate your tissues, will saturate with the mind, it will saturate the mind, and re- re- cause any seed of darkness to be dissipated. Because the Bible says the entrance of his word giveth light. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It is impossible for any sickness to remain where the word of God has been released in faith and healing. The healing anointing of the Lord Jesus. Jesus is in this place to heal. The anointing of the Lord Jesus is here to heal you. So if you're sick in any part of your body, I want you to touch that place right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. As I release the word of faith, the word of healing into your body right now, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word. The scripture says, they go out, proclaim the goodness of his kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Lord, this morning, I have given to your people what you have made known to us. Scripture says, it is not by might, it is not by power, but by your spirit. Oh, great mighty Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you work with the apostles and you confirmed the word through signs, wonders, and various miracles. I present everyone on the sound of my voice to you, oh my God and my Savior. That your healing anointing touch those tissues right now in the name of Jesus. Wherever the, the problem is, I command you now, you seed of Satan. You do not have any authority over anyone on the sound of my voice. I rebuke 
any form of infirmity from your body right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus the condition is fleeing right now in the name of Jesus come out you see the darkness I rebuke you you see the Satan get out of my body right now in the name of Jesus Father I thank you oh glory to God oh the anointing of the Lord Jesus saturating those tissues saturate even his pain it is living right now it is suffering the peace of God the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ is flowing in your spirit right now it is flowing in your spirit right now do not resist it open your heart open your heart the centurion said just say the word and my servant will be healed you are healed in the name of Jesus I rebuke any remnant of a condition right now in the name of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus you are set free you see the Satan I command you now henceforth do not touch that body you symptoms of the enemy I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus get out of those tissues get out of those tissues right now I rebuke you now for it is written that himself Jesus of Nazareth took up our infirmities and bore our disease. Oh, they are healed. The Lord says, Did I give you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy? So you see the darkness. I arrest you now in the name of Jesus. And I command you to flee from the tissues right now in the name of Jesus. Get out now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Father, I bless you. My Sunday de Brokaskia. Now I want you to praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God that you have received. The centurion Jesus said, go, let it be done to you just as you believe it would. If you believed that the word of God has set you free, then I want you to raise your voice and praise God. Father, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you that the healing anointing has been released into the lives of everyone at the sound of our voice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that Lord, oh God, that your word has been manifested in their lives, that your word of healing has gone to them and has set them free for whatever binds them. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. In the name of Jesus. And now, I want to pray for anyone who is going through any situation. If it is a blessing that you need, whatever the situation is, this second prayer is for you. Because you have heard the word of God. And if you believe, you have believed in the word. All that you need is faith in God's word. And the ability, the authority of the word to transform that situation. So Heavenly Father, the scripture says you know what your people need. I pray in the name of Jesus that let your healing anointing the healing anointing of the Lord Jesus is in this place. Father, let the anointing of the Spirit supply the needs of your people. Anyone understand my voice going through a hard situation right now? Let the anointing and the presence of your Spirit it is some frustration that you're facing oh peace is coming to you he said my peace that I leave with you my peace that I give you oh father I thank you for your peace I thank you for your peace I thank you that that situation is resolved 
I thank you. The peace has got to them. Peace. Oh, you have received. You have received. Oh, Father, I thank you that you have supplied all their needs according to the riches of your glory by Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you for what you have done this morning. We thank you for your word that has come to us. We thank you that you have supplied the needs of everyone at the sound of my voice. That your glory has been revealed this morning. That this morning you have come and you spoken to our hearts. That the light of your word has fulfilled that which you desire and accomplished the purpose which you sent it. In Jesus' mighty name. Let glory come to you. Let glory come to your God. Encourage everyone at the sound of my voice. If they're going through a situation, oh, let the power of your spirit oh, flow within them. The anointing of your presence. Father, I thank you. The scripture says, this is the confidence we have in approaching you. That if we ask anything according to your will, that you hear us. That if we know that you hear us, that we know that we have what we've asked of you. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your glory that has been revealed. Receive all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.